up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the Modern Macho. This is your host, Juan Carlos. I'm here with my boy, Santi. What's up, everybody? And in today's episode, we have a fucking special guest, and I want to introduce him because <laughs> he's a really, really fucking good friend of mine. Like, I mean, me and Carlos go way back. Like, this dude is like, you know, my fucking brother in the sense that he, like, Carlos is like really tied in with my family. Like, to the point that, you know, we've had moments where, like, like <laughs> they tell him, like, dude, you're like my brother to the point that like we get annoyed at each other so much, but like we're always like stuck together, right? Yeah. And so uh, another fucking great friend of mine, uh, Kurt, um, is here uh, fucking uh, visiting us. He's a really good friend that I met in, uh, in grad school. He, um, he, I mean, I'll let him kind of fucking introduce himself a little bit more. But um, yeah, Kurt, how the fuck is it going, man? How are you doing? Yeah, Carlos. Carlos is the one that's good with your family. I'm the one you don't let near your family. Because I think like me and Carlos are very different, but I think me and you are just very much the same. I'm like, I don't know about trust. Uh oh. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. And um, I mean, first off, I listen to you two twice a week, every week. Since the beginning, man, and I remember when Santiago first started telling me he was going to get this podcast going, we were kind of talking about it, and he was going through, you know, all the different, all the different motions about what it might look like and how he was feeling about it. And you know how he always bitches about his voice, right? <laughs> he's got he's he's got the perfect radio voice, and um, I've just been enjoying every every episode, everything you guys are doing. You know, shout out to you, Carlos. You're always bringing good insight inside Appreciate of a father, that, in, inside of a working man, inside of someone trying to grow. And then also, like, he's not on the podcast anymore, but shout out to Q. Yeah, we go shout out to Q. Good call. Shout out to Q, man. I really enjoy him. I thought he always brought his own vibe. You know, he was always on his own channel. A good contrast. And then that last episode he was on with you guys, man, it was just a killer. So it's just good to be here. And obviously, I love Santiago, so. Anything to support. Appreciate the love, man. Appreciate the kind words. No, it's crazy. Like, I, I remember when we first started this, like, this dude, like, literally has been on it since day one. Like, he fuck. I think he hit me up the day that the first episode dropped, and he was like, my boy, it felt like I was back home. And, like, he just, like, <laughs> felt like you know, he. Yeah. I definitely, and I say that to, like, really credit, like, but whoever's listening and is giving us pop dude, it fucking really, I think it gives us a lot of momentum, a, a lot of confidence to do what we're doing. Cause sometimes it's, there's a lot of question. And you know, you know, at least how yeah. I, right? I'm always questioning everything. Like I'm fucking, you know, and I think it's somewhat normal, right? Like I think we all kind of question shit here and there, but um, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, bro, fucking, I mean, tell us more. Who the fuck is Kurt? Like who is uh, Kurt uh, Redact last name? <laughs> Kurt redacted. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one, I mean, we met in grad school, right? So master's, master's science in education. And uh, I still remember the first day I met this dude. I mean, I don't know if he wants to tell a story first and then I can tell you my version. It'll probably be kind of different. Go ahead. But uh, we we're at orientation and uh, Cal State Fullerton. And uh, I was kind of chilling outside in the hallway and uh, dude, this guy was just like creeping on me. 
I'm like, who is this fucking guy with this slick back hair, chain wallet, jeans cuffed up? Thinking he's tough. Had his dog. I think there were docks on, had his boots on. And he kept asking me about UFC if I did UFC. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? Come to find out later, he was checking me out too, like just kind of tripping on me. And we started talking. And then I can't remember if you invited me or I invited you, but next thing I know, we were at 2J's, which turned to be a <laughs> <What's> <laughs> which turned out to be a beautiful thing, a, a beautiful thing of ours. But um, we just hit it off, man. We hit it off from the get. We started talking. Um, we had a lot of similarities um, that kind of grew over time. And then we had differences too, which was so important. But we were both willing to kind of like bridge that gap and get to know one another, right? We were both willing to have that dialogue. So Santiago, I mean, uh, you're from, where are you from again? Are you from Reno Valley? I'm all over the place, baby. You're from all over the place, right? Parents are- Well, I grew up out of, like uh, through middle school in Inglewood and then I came out to Mobile. Right, so, so you later middle school, like eighth grade, high school. Yeah, so you you did time in Inglewood, you did time in Reno Valley. I mean, your beautiful fiance uh, Denise is always in East LA, so all over the place. And then this guy from Long Beach, man. I mean, if you know anything about Long Beach, right? It's like it's its own ecosystem, man. We're our own world, and uh, we just started talking, man, and just growing that relationship. And I tell him this all the time, man. Like I would have made it through grad school. That's not a doubt. I would have done it because I was dedicated to it and I wanted to grow in that because uh, it means so much to me. But it, it, was, it was completely different having him, having him there every day and just having that, just having that person to just go through that with and, and, and kind of dissect everything with. And we just had a hell of a time, man. We had a really good time. And I miss you guys. And Santiago's point, man, I mean, your, your podcast is super important because after I graduated, I just threw the net out as large as possible to get a job, man. Cause I didn't, you know what I mean? I want to grind. I want to grow. I want to, I want to be successful in life, bro. Like I've gone through enough where that's not even an option anymore, but I'm up here in Washington now and you know, God bless Washington, bro. God bless it, but it ain't home. You know, it ain't home. And uh, just being able to listen to you twice a week, man. It's like, I'm in the room with my boys again. So I love it. Heck yeah. What took, what took you out there? Is that where you're originally, like, did you have family out there? I know you said you're from Long Beach. Nah, no, no, man. I, I, did, I was born and raised in Long Beach, man. I spent my, okay. my whole life out there. I mean, obviously, Southern California. And, and that's the thing about Southern California, too, right, that you two know about, that I don't think is replicated many other places. It's like, I'm from Long Beach, but I know Anaheim. I know Stanton. I know Santa Ana. I know, you know, Huntington Beach. I know L.A. I know... Fullerton, you know what I mean? So it's like you're all over the place, kind of like Santiago was just talking about. Right, right. But yeah, man, no family, no friends, no nothing. Got the job, gave me three weeks to get up here. I packed up the car, you know, 90 days sober, which I'm sure we'll get into. So that was kind of a big leap. And I took my ass out here. And I've just been, this is actually September's a year, man. I've just been grinding ever since, making it happen. You know, right on, right on. it's funny, like, you know, when I think about when we first met, like, and I, I mean, I've shared it on here various times, like how, like, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm in this weird introvert, extrovert, like, 
fucking like sometimes I'm a hardcore introvert and sometimes I'm a hardcore extrovert. It just depends, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like I feel like when I first met him, I was I really was scoping him out. I'm like, <laughs> like you know, and you know what? And there's something to be said about that. Like, I don't know what yeah. it is, you know, and like uh, like not to even make this like I and because I think it's a thought that men have when they meet other men. There's almost a sense of like who's the alpha, or who are the alphas, who are the mm. betas, and then you kind mm. of like there's this weird sense of like at least maybe it's me right, and like mm. as toxic or whatever as it may be, I feel like that's just a, like a real thought. And that for some when I saw this motherfucker, I don't know <laughs> maybe it was even like a sense of threat, like who's this you know what I mean, like who's this guy, like and then like, <laughs> I, I'll be honest, dude, like you know even like being in a in a in a uh, uh, a grad program where we're trying to learn about like you know i guess even topics re- related to social justice issues you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. uh unless he is canelo you know i'm pretty sure even that sense of initial judgment you know yeah prejudice if you will right like you know what i mean like we're yeah. fucking prejudging this guy like I, I maybe, and I'm trying to fucking like get to know him a little bit to see what the fuck he's about, right? But like right. there was a sense of like you know weirdness, but like you know at the same time, like and this is why I wanted you to come on here, really, is because yeah, you know, there there was so much of like what I saw is like you know fucking even threatening, you know you want to call it alpha, you want to call it like you know there was qualities I saw in this guy that I'm like I value, like yeah. that value, um. You know, and I use the standards as to how man you are. You feel me? And so, yeah. so I guess I, I really wanted him to come on because I feel like in the conversations we've had since we've met, bro, I feel like they're like our talks transcend manhood. I feel like yeah. we come into topics that like we even sometimes like, you know, I think we talk about how we feel. Like maybe we don't fucking cry to each other and hug each other. But I felt that comfort with you, you know, in the past. So, and like all that to say, like I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on, like, you know, um, like what, like what has been your experience as you've listened to the, the podcast, the shit that we've talked about, yeah. And even some of our experiences, your experiences, your past. Like, what are some parallels that you see there? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, translation to what he just said, you know, what he's saying is that. I was one of like two white guys in the entire program. So he wanted to sniff me out and see what it was about. Uh, But, you know, that worked out just fine. I mean, that's not a thing. And uh, we do, we have deep conversations. I think that's why it was so easy to hop on the podcast for you is because Carlos is like, I was telling him the other day, he's like, what are we going to do? Like, do we ever, every time we have a conversation, we do a podcast. It goes somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, honestly, I think it's rooted in this ability to just value each other on a layered level. For sure. You know what I mean? Like Santiago and I have differences. We do. We have a lot of similarities, but we do have some stark differences and certain things we believe. But because we value each other and we love each other, it's like we're able to transcend that and like flesh things out. And then by the end of the day, you know what I mean? We're both better for it. And that's right. the best part about it. Um, like the other day, I think we were talking about something. We were talking about like economic philosophies. We were talking about like capitalism. We were talking about socialism. We were talking about all kinds of things. 
and we were both playing the devil's advocate to each other's positions. We were both kind of like seeing the similarities and what we believed or, you know, where that led to. And at the end of the day, he was saying stuff. And I was like, dude, I just love you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I love what, who you are, what you think, how you, what you come to the table with. Right. Right. And it's, a, it's the same way. You, it's the same thing with you, Carlos. Like when I'm listening to you, dude, I'm like, damn, this is some really good input. You know, whether you're talking about fatherhood and the relationship with masculinity, like what you learned from your father. And I, and I think it was you, Carlo, Carlos, but I remember you talking about in one episode, is one of the earlier episodes, you were talking about just like how much negativity kind of spilled over from your father to you and like how you're always kind of like on edge about things or like criticizing other people. Yeah, talking shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, talking shit. And I was like, dude, that's like, I know that feeling. Right. Cause that's right. how my dad, my dad's the same way. He's a stubborn asshole and he's only gotten <laughs> worse with age. You know what I mean? So, right. Like just, just all kinds of things. And, um, I think the biggest part about this podcast and the biggest advantage you have is talking about growth, right? What is growth? What does it mean? Like, what are those uncomfortable conversations you have to have with somebody to really transcend that and get to the next level. And I think it's something that is incredibly intentional, right? And it's intentional sure. because it's uncomfortable, right? And just continuing to have those conversations and, and opening up about it. Yeah. Then, what, 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 like, what are things that you, like, that you value when it comes I've, to being a man, like what, like if you were to fucking like define, like this is the ultimate man. Well, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna define the ultimate man, right? Because everybody's different. You know what I mean? And and I and I'm a really strong believer in competition of one. And I think that's something like to go back to the point where you're looking for like alphas or who's the betas and things like that in the program. I think that after you spend some time with me, what you really learned about me is that I'm really actually neither. I'm my own dude. Like okay. I'm on my own path. You know what I mean? And like, I, I, I only am folk and it sounds selfish to an extent, but it's not because I'm really, I'm a firm believer in you get yourself together so you can get your family together so you can get your community together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm a firm believer in only having a competition of one. And that's like to the point where I was kind of sketching out and coming out on the podcast like I value privacy, I value traditional human connection, and I value just having that laser focus. And so like, if you're talking about what, what is the ideal man, I don't know what's the ideal man for you, Santiago, and your relationship with Denise. What's the ideal man for you, Carlos, and your relationship as a father? Neither one of those are my path, but right. we may share some similarities. <clears throat> you right, know what I mean? Right. And I think that's the most important thing. Like what, what kind of uncomfortable conversations are you having? Cause here's the thing. Growth isn't really uncomfortable. It's, it's very uncomfortable. That process will humble you. For sure. For sure. It will humble you. And, and on the other side of that, you see things you didn't see before. So like, if you want to talk about traditional, like forms of toxic masculinity or something like that, which is a core theme of the podcast, it's like, it's like a tough guy, right? Guy always wants to fight, you know, machismo or whatever you want to call it, you know, wants to control his woman, wants to do this, wants to do that. We, we know by now, if, you, if you've lived any level of experience, you've grown, you know by now a lot of that's rooted in fear. Yep. You know what I mean? Fear and insecurities, for sure. Fear, fear and insecurity. 
And the other side of that is like, bro, if you're 30 years old and you're still trying to be violent, it shows me that you haven't done enough damage yet to know better. Right. If you're 30 years old and you're still trying to cheat on your woman and treat your kids like shit or be, you know what? Hell is, hell is when you're suffering, but what's even worse is when you're the own agent of your suffering. And what's even worse is when you're then spilling over and ruining other people and causing damage to other people. So it's like, that's what I mean. Like, it, when I see people like that, I immediately see through them because I'm like, bro, I've done that. I've filled my quota. And all you're telling me is you haven't done enough. And that's, it's sad. Yeah. It's, it's really sad, bro. It's actually really depressing. And, you know, I think a big part of, of where that comes from is, is this sense of entitlement that we've had as men, the privilege that we've had as men, where I, I, I see something that's happening a lot more often where we're seeing, you know, for example, men belittling women. Yeah. And the way I see it is that's an insecurity. And because to me, me being in my own lane is regardless of where women are in their movement. It, it does. It's not. It's not a reason for me to have to put them down. Yeah. You know, like at the very least, like if we're not, if we're not supporting, if we're not pushing, if we're not moving forward with it, we're. There's no reason for me to fear like so. And that. And, and I don't even to make it like a gender thing. I think just in yeah. general, uh, just staying in your own lane is such a big part. You know, that's one of the things that I'm actually. I was talking to Santi about this that I'm actually really struggling with right now with this dude, because. I can be very extroverted, right? But when it comes to the social media, before mm -hmm. all this was really happening, like mm -hmm. I had gotten rid of my personal account. Yeah. Like there was a time where I just, I just like, I, I don't think I like deleted it, but I, I deactivated it. And I spent a good amount of time just away from it. And I'm stuck between, I really don't feel the need to compare myself to other men to feel like a man. Mm -hmm. But then the fact that I see how important it is for us to expose our journey for other men to kind of understand it and maybe even need a little bit of validation is where I kind of get put in a pickle. Cause I'm like, if it's up to me, I could just close myself out and handle my stuff. And I think I could do that. Then I mm -hmm. think of the bigger picture with community and we're talking about really making ourselves more vulnerable, more transparent. And it's like, ugh, I, I tell Santi sometimes like, fuck, this is the part where I'm kind of conflicted. Like, because it's bigger than just ourselves. I feel like we're really putting on kind of a, like some weight on us and, and I wouldn't have it any other way for me. It's, it's really like, it's heart feeling, you know, but at the same time, it's conflicting for my own journey of what it is being for me, a man. And this kind of goes against that because I'm not, I'm not here to expose. One of the biggest things that's been hard for me that I hated doing dude was posting about me and my son. You know, like that, that would really bother me because I would always just think like, you know, if you're a good dad, just fucking be a good dad. Handle your shit. You don't need to be yeah. posting a picture with your kid. You don't need to yeah. be promoting it to other people. And I still believe that. I still believe that. Now, I've also had to open up my mind a little more to, to with the platform that we're doing and seeing it with a different set of eyes of, of I'm exposing something bigger here. Uh, moving forward from, from some of the traumas that even some of us have had. We talked about, you know, you mentioned the fatherhood thing and it's like these things that are very much real. Uh, me exposing some of this actually kind of helps. And, and, you know, people like yourself talking, bringing you on other, other men that are also exposing these things is like, it helps. 
it's helping the rest of us feel validated at times. So that's where I kind of get caught up in that pickle where I'm like, I don't need to prove to anyone that I'm a good dad. I, I'm, I'm trying to take myself seriously. But I feel like in doing so, I'm like, oh, do I really want to be doing this or not? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, so I'm a trip you out right now. But check this out. I mean, with the exception, I think, of like a six-month stint in 2017. Uh-huh. I haven't had any social media since 2011. None. I tried Facebook in 2017 for five months and was a fucking, I just hated it. It was ridiculous. It was a waste of my time. Right. And I, I, I legitimately believe, and I'm not going to go on a diet diatribe about social media. I mean, we could do five podcasts on that. For sure. But I, le- I legitimately, full-heartedly, convictedly believe social media is the cigarettes of our time. And what I mean by that is like, if you go back to the 30s, 40s, cigarettes were marketed and viewed in a much different way than they were today. And it wasn't until years later when studies were done, when they realized just how detrimental to someone's health they were and how terrible they were. Absolutely. And and I really do with, with a few exceptions, right? If it's for business, if it's for some like community work, like Maywood Santiago, uh, or if it's like a podcast, you know what I mean? I, I understand that. But like, as far as being entwined in your everyday life, social media to me is the biggest disingenuous lie and waste of time there is. And, and, and you'll know that if you listen to the canary in the coal mine, when you listen to people talk about it, no one actually says positive things about social media. Right. You always hear them complaining about this or that or how it's making them feel. And it's very rarely a positive thing unless it's them posting something that you know they wanted to feel important about but it's like bro why not just like you were just saying to your point like you know you're a good dad you don't need me or Santiago even though we're you know your boys like those are the people you want to validate those people in your circle but it's like one of the reasons dude I'm gonna tell you a story the day I deleted my Facebook again in 2017 I was looking at my friends I was like holy shit I have 150 people knowing what I'm doing, peering into my life. I was like, let's just start deleting people. Who do I not need? (laughs) And then by the time I got down to like 15 people, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is dumb. (laughs) I could just fix these people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, you want my social media? It's at five, six, two number, number, number. You know what I mean? Like call me, text me, right. Check up on me on a daily basis. Like I only need a few people in my life that I can really love on and support and be there for and who will do the same for me and everybody else. It's like, you don't realize you don't really need them until you realize you don't really need them. And that's not even to be like negative or antisocial. It's like, I rather maximize, look, there are an infinite amount of possibilities and layers just focusing on you and your family. For sure. There are, there are an infinite amount of layers for growth, just focusing you on you and your people. And we're robbing ourselves of that with this like fake, with this fake setup. And it's just like, bro, like I, I got you. I got have you. you. Seen, uh, have you seen uh, the documentary, the social dilemma on Netflix? Yeah. Is that the one? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I was, uh, yeah, I was just talking about that the other day, but no, I haven't seen it yet. Dude, you, you got to check it out. So it's pretty much about what we're discussing. And to tell you the truth, the documentary for me was really nothing new. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think, uh, how old are you, Kurt? Uh, I'm going to be 30 next month. Okay, okay. See, so I feel like we even we're at an age where we've got, you know, a little bit of exposure to the non-social media. Like we're kind of yeah. at the edge of it. So we have yeah. something to compare it to. And I think that's why, like I said, right now, I know that for me, my intentions are good in posting about my son because I, I need parents to fucking understand like, yo, you don't have to yell at your kid all the damn time. If you fucking have like 10 minutes of patience and you just sit there and just spend the time for him to write the letter A correctly, guess what? He's going to do it. And guess what? You're not, you're not freaking him out. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to translate into other shit where your kid's going to grow up resenting you because something very simple like that, as I'm learning about myself, dude, it turns into bigger things later on in life that you carry, you know? So, so I see that intention behind it now. But I still have that, that kind of like that trauma of like, oh man, but I don't want to, I don't want to expose it. So, but like one of the biggest things that I caught from the documentary is just the younger generations, dude. Yeah. This is all they know. Yeah. You know, this is all. And it's scary to think about one thing that they brought up that really stuck out to me was when it comes to social media, everyone's talk, everyone's uh, talking, but no one's actually communicating with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, everyone is like pretty much trying, and I think I've, I mentioned this, especially when it comes to like not argument, or I guess debates, like your conversation, like dialogue. Doesn't it's not really dialogue; it's echo chambers. It's right. like let yeah. me fucking come up with the best explanation. All the boom, right? And yeah. then they'll read it and like, okay, let me fucking Google everything that's countering this. Boom. And then, like, it's just a fucking bad. No one's listening. Everyone's just fucking typing away their little fingers. And it's yeah. just, dude, like, listen. <laughs> actually, you know, use your own fucking yeah. perspective. Because you could have all the stats. And not, look, I value stats. I value empirical data. I value right. peer-reviewed research. But it doesn't matter if your critical thinking skills are fucking blown to shit. That's and what we're losing. Like, I'm not going to blame the people for that. Uh, I don't want to get too political. I think I think they were all fucking pawns, and we we like the education system is flawed. To be honest, like th- there's no critical thinking class in high school. Like no one fucking teaches you that shit unless you have an extraordinary teacher that goes out of their way to fucking teach it to you. But right. it's not instilled in our A through G requirements, right? Anyways, but I'm digressing. I want that's <laughs> <laughs> a great point community. though. <laughs> um fucking I, I have a funny story with this guy, Kurt. So Kurt supposedly he's he's like a fucking bear grills, right? Or what's his name? Fucking uh the guy from the, the camper? Wild? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this guy loves to camp. He loves to oh, hey, we gotta we gotta set something up, Kurt. Yeah, call Hey man, you. hit me up. I fucking hate it. I don't do that. I don't <laughs> oh, come it. on, man. Tell the, tell the fucking nah, story, we'll, man. We'll change your mind on it. <laughs> but he, like, Kirk knows, like, the first time we went out, like, having panic attack after a panic attack. Bro. And, and you know what the, the trippy thing was when we were in the tent? Remember that dude that walked through, like, our campsite? Yeah, yeah. We were, no, we were in the car. We were in the car uh, sipping on some Jack. Yeah. And it was, it was pitch black up in <laughs> Idlewild. Pitch black. And wow. we were just in the car, and it was like two in the morning. So you know what I mean? Only riffraff is up at two in the morning. Right, right, right. So we're in the car, and we're chilling, and God knows what we're talking about or what we're doing. You know what I mean? Whatever. The music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we just see this, like this dude, just walking right through our campground, and uh, 
yeah, it was a good time. Weird. Well, anyways, during that <laughs> camp trip, like, so I think the next day or whatever, um, I fucking can't remember. His, um, you know, some family came by to whatever, and so once once it was like later in the evening, and we're all just kind of kicking it around, like. <laughs> The, the the majority of us were on our phones like would be checking like instagram and shit and this guy i swear he was yeah. like, fucking so over us like yeah oh, you want to be on your fucking snapgram how about you just go <laughs> home how about you just <laughs> leave like this guy was tripping on us i'm like jesus like you know well like, i mean it's a good point because i mean he, like we couldn't even spend one day away from our yeah. just in nature like you know yeah that is a problem you know that yeah yeah i think i threw that i think i threw that challenge out i don't know if you remember kurt we talked about that uh, when we were talking about the keyboard warriors and we threw the challenge i threw a challenge out where i was like i challenge all you guys you know i get we post stuff on in our social media i'm guilty of it like i'm not even gonna be a hypocrite and act like i never post or i don't, I don't put my life on there and like that but like i was like i dare some some of you guys to go out and fucking have a good time doing something no picture not mm. a single video. Don't share it. Like, you know, because I, I do think that there's also a lot of moments. I, so I do photography. I get shit a lot for it because I'm so bad about taking pictures from my own stuff, dude. Even as a photographer, like I'm all, every time I'm always like, hey, did you get pictures? And I'm like, no. And, and my whole thing is like, sometimes I do get really caught up in that moment, you know, of just like fucking enjoying it. But you see it more and more like people don't know how to have conversations anymore. Well, I mean, look, bro, here's the thing. So I'm old enough. I feel like all this ties in. I mean, we're covering a lot. I mean, so I'm old enough to remember when, when there was no internet, like, uh -huh. and I don't say that in a cliche way. I, I'm saying that like, I literally developed in a time where you didn't sit in front of a computer or a tablet or a phone. Like you went out, you played basketball you yeah. played football at the park when it was raining and you guys just went at each other. You know what I mean? Basketball in the alley. You know, you rode your, uh, you rode your bikes, you rode your, you just went on adventures, man. You just, I'm also old enough to remember when you had like a spiral notebook that was a journal. And that if somebody, if somebody found or saw that journal, was it bad. was like the biggest betrayal in the world. Not, not anymore, man. Just post your entire life online for a permanent record. You know what I mean? So it's like, right, right. everything's just been, and it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. I mean, things gradually got to the point where we're at now where everything's backwards. But like, just to go back to camping though, man, like you go camping and Santiago is actually not giving himself enough credit. He had a really good time. We uh, went on some really good hikes, but the thing I love about camping is that, or being out in nature is that it forces you to be in the moment. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. it's almost, a, yeah. you're almost in a meditative state where like, I'm out here in nature, I'm by a fire, I'm hiking a long, you know, steep hike. You know what I mean? I'm seeing wildlife, it's quiet, we're camping. Santiago was playing his guitar, like just, just serenading us. Like it was a good time. And it forces you to be in the moment and it forces you to um, make the most out of that, right? And so that's why I'm saying at the end of the day, I feel like, I feel like a lot of what's set up in today's world and culture is robbing people of actual life. And I know that, and I can say that for a fact, whether it's, you know, a lack of responsibility and accountability, whether it's like this lifestyle where you're just following the mob and the crowds, you know what I mean? It's like, it goes right, back to what, right. it goes back to what you two are doing. So you have some kind of 
um, anxiousness about that. And it's because to be a leader, you're always five, 10 steps ahead. I mean, if you're accept, if you're a leader and you're accepted by a large group of people, there's probably something wrong, at least right off the bat, because large groups of people are the most dangerous things, in my opinion. Like you should be doing your own thing. You should be focused on yourself, not in a selfish way where you're, where you're being a detriment to the community, but where you're maximizing yourself, right? Can Absolutely. you take responsibility for yourself? Yes. Can you do something difficult and do it well? Yes. Do you have excess capacity to, to you know, provide for others? Yes, that should be the goal. And it's like, so what you're doing right now or what I'm doing or what any of us are doing in our own lives, don't look for that recognition from other people because chances are other people are caught up in the mob, man. They're not going to see it. And for sadly sure. enough, a lot of people aren't going to get to that level, which is unfortunate. But I feel like consciousness, I feel like right now we're at a level where like there's a second renaissance coming where these kind of conversations are happening more and more and people are looking for the central theme to, to a lot of what I talk about is meaning, right? Meaning is the highest ideal. And I think what people have been lied to the most about, and I know for a fact they have, because I've been caught up in this myself, is that happiness is the highest ideal to strive for. Happiness is not the highest ideal to strive for. Happiness will be fleeting. It will go away. It will come mm. when it comes and it will go away. But to chase something meaningful, to pursue something meaningful, that will sustain you. And that is an entirely different conversation and focus a way to live your life than searching for happiness, which is like a shot. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it's going to come and it's going to go. It's a high. It's a high. You know what I mean? For sure. So, it's, for almost, sure. it's almost like the, the fucking, the collateral damage. In the, it can't like, not collateral damage, but yeah. And I've never thought about that. Because you always hear about the pursuit of happiness. That's what you grew up thinking, right? Like that is what, yeah. you don't, don't want to, you pursue happiness, right? And so it, I, I like how you, you flipped it on its head and it, you know, yeah. I, I never. Well, mm. Something that's interesting that, that you were talking about, you know, coming from a world before internet. And it's funny because, you know, something you were talking about how you almost like, at that point in your journey in your life, you almost felt like you guys were challenged. Maybe, maybe not so much Kurt, but you felt like you were kind of challenging him or you were trying to figure out where you stood as a man oh, next to him, you know? And yeah. like, and it's funny though, because to be completely honest with you, I mean, Kurt, literally, as soon as I got on the video, I, I've never talked to Kurt. I've just met, I mean, I've heard about him. Santi's had a lot of great things to say about you, but I've never even had a conversation with you. And the second that like, it was just like, Hey, what's up? And I, I never, I never once questioned. I never once felt threatened. And, I, and it, I'm noticing more and more that as these social media things are happening too, because we're losing that element of conversation, I, I feel like those threats are almost appearing more and more like that toxic side is being exposed at a different level yeah. where I almost feel like in, in this, in this sense, not that I really give a fuck, but <laughs> we would be like, we would be the ones that are weird now. Yeah. Like for me, like if I go to the store, like, dude, I go to the store and I'm, I'm, I'm how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Cause it's just fucking like today I had to go to the DMV. I fucking hate being at the DMV. And like, I'm talking to the person there we're having a conversation. It's like nothing. But like, I got, I got that vibe of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's almost, I, I feel it more and more. I think throughout my journey with men where it's like, they don't, they don't feel challenged. And it's like, I don't feel challenged. I don't feel like I need to challenge. Well, there is a pandemic happening though. That's so. also very true. 
that's also very true. But like, there's, there's just, yeah, there's definitely this sense of like, yeah, challenging one another where, I don't know, I think part of it, I feel like it's been a blessing and a curse has been, yeah. has been a lot of my, my, my physical characteristics that were a huge part of my insecurities growing up. I mean, I'm 27 years old, went a buck 40. And that used to like, I, you, you've heard me talk about it, Kurt, like that used to weigh over me where it was like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not the ideal definition of a man, you know? And I kind of just accepted well, it. Hold, like, hold on, hold on though. Hold on. <laughs> Who the fuck said, no, you're not an hey, ideal I, definition of a man. That's not me five. no more, bro. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause I don't, I've met some people your size that will fuck me up. Yeah. There are some crazy. So right, no. right. That yeah, no, you're 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 absolutely right, you know. But it was so ingrained in me that I I knew, you know, as as a machista, right? I knew what that man was supposed to look like, and I knew right. that I didn't look like him. And and I'm glad that we started the conversation with what a man was, and you pretty much said that there's no there's no real form of that, and. And even something that Santi brought up that, that I think is important was we talked about how everything is very much based on facts. And I think that facts are so important, but because we lose, you know, back to the whole critical thinking, it's like there's so many personalities and the human is, is such a complex, you know, right. person that, that you can literally, I mean, as, as we're seeing, you can put something very simple in front of someone and say, hey, you know, the sky is blue. And we could have a fucking 10 hour argument about it about why right. it's not or why it's yellow, why it's green. And I, and just not to get crazy political about it, but I also think it's important that people understand that it's important to understand that. Right. Not just to understand that the sky is blue. It's important that we understand that people are different, that everyone has different ideas. There are some of us like myself who, even if you tell me that, that, you know, something is bad for me, the fact that you're fucking telling me to do it, I'm going to want to rebel and do the opposite. Right. And so elements like that, I think sometimes, uh, like we don't take the time to understand and really, I don't want to say focus on because it sh we shouldn't take away from the statistics and the facts, but I think it's just as important to really make progress, especially when we're in a time right now where we're very, like everything's very divided, dude. We're on fucking, yeah, we're walking on eggshells with everything. Like there's, I'm, I've been, I was just having a conversation with a friend who's like, dude, I grew up with this guy for the last 26, 27 years. We had a conversation and, you know, it, it went south. This guy blocked me and I'll probably never hear from him again. Yeah, but let me tell you something, Carlos. That's bullshit. I agree. That's, that's bullshit. And let me tell you something. So I was just having this conversation with Santiago the other day. One, um, one going back to a definition of a man. You know, my definition of a man is just the same as it would be a definition for a woman, a child, an adolescent. And you should always be seeking forward momentum. Focus on you and yours. And when I say you and yours, I don't mean in a selfish way. I mean, get your shit together. It's like I was having this conversation with my little brothers and uh, my little cousin. It's like my little brother. Shout out to Jesse. And I was asking them about life and what some of their biggest problems were. Mm -hmm. And I think my little brother started talking about like the U.S. government and the world government. And then Jesse started talking about like the, the God dilemma and like what, what he's here for. And I'm like, dude, why are you, okay, first of all, you are worrying and focusing on extremely complex problems 
that you are not going to solve and you have all this work to do on yourself. Yeah. So I was like, why don't you start with you first? Why don't you start with the fact that you smoke weed every day, you smoke weed at work, you're not really motivated, you don't have a five-year plan, you're, you've been with a girl for a couple years, you don't know if you're going to wife her, you don't know what it's going to be like to be a father, you're not self-sufficient, you have all this necessary potential you need to fulfill. You know, what are you doing about you first? And then maybe in five to 10 years, you will work yourself in a, into a position in life where you will have enough life skills, competencies, and resources to actually make a systemic difference. That's one, right? But, sure. back, but back to the point about, um, because people do that. They point the finger outside too much. They need to ruthlessly point the finger at themselves. And that's how you make a difference, right? You don't make a right. difference... You don't make a difference by constantly pointing the finger outward. You've seen people like that. That's why we have grown ass children in their fifth, sixth, seventh decade of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah. Their entire life pointing For sure, the dude. Out. That lack of accountability. Yeah. Like my cousin said, man, I'm huh? with the man in the <laughs> <laughs> But um, back, back to like your boy getting blocked by his homie from 20 some years. Like Santiago and I were talking about this the other day, man. It's literally... This isn't cliche. This is literally divide and conquer. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he was telling me a story. Sati, I don't know if you want to tell the story about um, when you were at college with your boy and that group of folks came rolling and they spent. They, they, oh, they, that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do the condensed version. I was kicking it with another friend of mine who, who is white. And so fucking um, me and him were just fucking, we're having some beers at a bar. And um, and the friend um, kind of like came to fucking like order a drink and we saw each other and, and she was like, come, you all can come sit with us if you want. And so I told my homie, I'm like my, my friend, once again, who is white. And I told him, hey, we're going to go sit down at this table who were all like, it was a table filled with like a lot of very progressive, like ag- progressive and even like some would even say that very aggressive forms of activism, which isn't a bad thing. I don't even say aggressive in a bad way. And I know that's not, right. but I think sometimes aggression is necessary, right? But like, and so the, the, it was just a, a table of people that were just very passionate about, you know, wanting change now, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I told my boy like, hey, you know, like just, if they give you a hard time, let me know we can bounce. Ends up that the one that they were given a hard time was me. Right, it ended oh, up, no shit. they were just they like at the time I wanted to be a police officer, uh, and I wanted to be a high school resource officer. And so, when they heard that, they fucking automatically stamped me with a sellout stamp. You feel me? And so, mm. like, and so, like, all that to be said, like, it's just kind of like sometimes I feel like the ones who attack you aren't, aren't even the people from the other side, it's your own people, it's the people that you yeah. talk to on every day. You almost feel like they, and look, I don't want to go into this whole thing of like, oh, like I'm being tone policed. I don't fucking feel that way. Like, you know, I feel like I'm going to say what the fuck I think is right too, you know? But right. I, I do think there is a sense of, on both sides, there's yeah. a sense of fear of being rejected by your own people. So you're just going to say the same shit or if anything, you're going to say some more extreme shit, you know? And I'm talking in extremes. Not everyone is like, I think we would all like to think that we're all mi- more in the middle right but unfortunately yeah. through social media it's hard to paint a middle because sometimes it can seem like you're selling out so right right so the, when he told me that story 
the thing that bothered me, and this goes back to your point with your boy, Carlos, is that they, that group of people, and this is, they're not, you know, God bless them wherever they're at. I hope they're doing good. Same. You know what I mean? Um, But that group of people rolled out to Santiago and immediately, intentionally, and for over an hour, invested their time and took his time intentionally looking for differences and things not to like him about when if they would have fucking made the effort they could have found all kinds of similarities and upbringing family values you know what i mean like things that they like you know what i mean like start with that first like love people in a layered way because let me tell you something. The most growth that I've ever had has been running up against people different than me, right? Yes. Learning from that. Now, let me, I'm not saying that there's not egregious examples of people out there. Trust me, I get it. I'm 15 minutes away from Idaho now. It's a long way away from Long Beach, California. And I'm not saying, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, you know whatever, whatever. <laughs> Keep it real, homie. Keep hey, it real. I, I'm not saying that there's not good people in Idaho because that would be disingenuous to me. There are, but it is a different world up here than there are so i'm not saying there's not egregious examples but i'm saying spend time trying to get to know someone before you hate them right and if it comes down to things like politics like this is another really important example so there wasn't that long ago when the pandemic first started in santiago you're going to remember this that you hit me up i was up here in spokane and um there were some protests in Huntington Beach um, about people not being able to go back to work, right? For everything being shut down and people were protesting it. And Santiago called me furious, livid, livid. I, keep in mind, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah, I just got out of work. He was like, <laughs> the time he's like, like I'm already pissed. <laughs> he's like, he called me up and he's like, your people. He was all fucking pissed off. And and what that translates to for Santiago is fucking Trump Trump supporters, you know what I mean? Wipe your but I but here's the thing. Whatever, everybody gets like that at some point. But here's the important thing. He had somebody to call who was white, one, who had a different upbringing or whatever, whatever, whatever. He had someone to call and then like, I, I listened to him and I love him. So I hear him. I'm like, oh shit, he's fired up. And so he talks to me, he gives his initial point, And then I'm like, I'm not really sure what's going on. So I'm like, Hey bro, I mean, the protests and being able to go to work and make money and feed the families. Like I, I can understand that even in the mix of the pandemic, like it's not an infall. It's like, it's not something beyond, it's not going to blow my mind if somebody's doing that. But then we started talking and the conversation got further along and I'm, I know him. So I know his, you know, I'm not going to put it, you know, I know someone in his family who's really close to him and means the world to him was someone who was in that vulnerable population. And so what, when he called me and he was like reaching out, what could be misinterpreted as like being something very um, angry or hostile, really what he was telling me was, Hey dude, I'm fucking stressed. I got this person I love. They're in this vulnerable. I don't know what to do. I'm in this fucking pandemic and I see these people out. They're not, in my mind, they're not helping the solution. And I was like, damn, bro. Like, and we were able to talk that That's through. That's what it's really about. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we, if, imagine if he didn't have that person to call 
And imagine if I didn't have that person to call in situations, right. he would have just gone and spun in his head. And then that's how you get these fucking issues that pop up where people right. are so like cultish in their behavior and they just hate people to hate people. And it's like, no fucking make an effort to love somebody. And the and thing is, work through it. Yeah, dude, you know, that, like you brought up a great point is that along with people thinking differently, though, here's, here's how I see it, dude. Why would you want to surround yourself with people that think just like you? Like, why, why wouldn't you want to fucking be surrounded by people that'll have different ideas? I'm not even saying to be convinced, but yeah. like, don't you want to see different perspectives, you know? And that doesn't mean like that I would hang out with you all day, every day with you having yeah. a completely different perspective, but like there can still be a level of respect, you know? And I think the biggest, the biggest thing with that is, like, like you said, because that right there, dude, before politics, there's obviously a level of trust between you two, yeah, you know, yeah. which is why he came to you for that. Because I'm pretty sure the white dude that was walking down the street, he would not be, you know, joking about your people inventing to him in the same way. So that level of trust and, and, and like you said, having similarities with people, we've, we've encountered, Santi knows this, we've encountered guys that... I would just want to say people in general that we found similarities first and it makes yeah. having those conversations easier. And more importantly, what's the intention? Because are you, are we trying to convince each other? Because I think nine times out of 10, we're not really just trying to listen and understand and really pick at each other's brain and have like a constructive conversation. We're just trying to fight back and forth until yeah. I can prove to you who's right and who's wrong. And then we <laughs> yeah. fucking get nowhere and it gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah, yeah. It gets worse. <laughs> I will say, like, I do still think it's, I mean, and I, I think it's what you both of y'all are saying. Like, you know, I do think it's, yeah, we should start. Right, but I do think there's a point where we, it's like, we should be okay with pointing out differences where everyone feels safe. Yeah, you know, for sure. Everyone feels like comfortable and it's not being done in a harmful way, you know? And so. Um, well, it, it has to be that for, here's the thing though. So like Carlos made a good point. He's like, Santi wouldn't feel comfortable walking up to some random white dude saying you're whatever but the flip side the accountability has to be on that dude too on the other side oh, oh yeah to to fucking sit there and be like oh this man is not just front like this isn't some random like there's something going on what's wrong my boy what's up yeah you know what i mean like that's where that level of trust and love comes in that's so important so I've noticed I've noticed there's a lot of like defensive defensive attitude when it comes to it because that that shit that I'll tell you personally that shit irks me like be, oh you know Kurt said this oh well oh he's a Trump supporter why are yeah. we why are we going there already you know or oh this guy you know he he voted for Obama why is that already like to to me that's just a very like it's like it's like almost like a cop out like oh you're that i'm not even gonna fucking try to listen or to try to have a conversation with you it's like i've already made up my mind and judged you on who you are based on what you said and it, it leaves no room no room to have an actual conversation that could just like your guys's conversation happened after there was a level of trust for there to be some positive to come out of that and I think if you go into those conversations yeah. thinking, thinking that like someone's going to win or someone's going to ultimately like change that, dude, you've already fucking lost. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like there needs to be that trust. Well, I mean, I think ultimately if you want growth, it's not about winning or losing. It's about yeah. winning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I wanted to bring this up, Chris, um, if it's cool with you. Like, I mean, I feel like, so we would always kick it in the parking lot of these apartments in Fullerton in the, in his car. All yeah, Giselle. Yeah, Giselle's, Giselle's. Yeah. yeah, we would just fucking chill in, like, we would, like, fucking buy, like, some beer or some Jack or whatever and just yeah. the car, fucking bump twos and talk. And, dude, we started doing this really early in our relationship, too. Like, literally the first semester, and we were already diving into some serious shit. I remember yeah. one time, though, we had a conversation about, um, and once again, not even to get political, but, like, just we're talking about, like, gun rights or, like, how, like yeah. People like carrying gun, whatever, right? That yeah. whole, which I mean, I, I will say right now, dude. I like, I'm 100% of the the thought that everyone has the right to protect themselves, right? Like whether it's guns or whether it's these hands, you feel me? Like right, right, right. Y'all gotta protect yourselves at the end of the day. And so, um, I remember, like, I've I've never owned a gun. I've shot guns a few times. Uh, <laughs> fucking guy a few times. And so, and, uh, but I, you know what? I feel like <clears throat> it was a talk that we had that had an impact on me. It seemed like it had an impact on Kurt about my experience when I went to Georgia one time. I went to yeah. school. Yeah. And so, fuck, I came back and I told Kurt about my experience. And it was in the aftermath, I learned that the, the university that I went to go visit was actually an open carry university. So people oh, on no shit. campus can openly carry weapons. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And look, like, I'm not going to go too deep into my experience in Georgia, but I've never felt that. I've never felt the thick racism of, like, you know, people literally looking at you and, like, like you know, fucking yeah. You know, it's different. Like, it's the U.S. It's the USA. But it ain't fucking California. It ain't long. It ain't even Washington, I bet. Like, it's yeah, no. And so, and when, you know, when I came back, you know, we, we were talking about it because I think it was one of the chapters we were reading was on, like, gun rights and, you know, whatever. And, you know, yeah. Kurt was talking about, like, look, like, we're trying to protect what you know, and I told him, uh, you know, like, yeah, I totally get it, bro. Like, I totally get it. But at the end of the day, like, when I was there, it just felt like they were what they were being, what were they protect? Like, who were they being, who were they protecting themselves from? It was me. That's how it felt. It felt like I was the, the threat. You feel me? And like, if anyone's going to get fucking shot, it's going like, to, and I say me and my group, you feel me? And like, it's not just me, obviously. Yeah. Or people that look like me, talk like me. Um, I mean, I'm fucking white. And so, you know, you can only imagine if they fucking spotted me out, <laughs> you feel me? Like these fools have keen ears and eyes. Yeah, and I I just remember just like the impact because I think you know I don't want to put your shit out there, but you were going through some stuff in terms of the classroom setting, and you know yeah. the, the yeah not ostracized because you know you had me and shit, but still like the, like how sometimes the majority of the the society the community that you're in when you feel marginalized, bro, you you see things from another lens. You yeah. don't see things from that popular let me protect myself lens. No, you see it as like, oh shit, they're fucking bearing arms like against, like, against me. And maybe that's an extreme thought. Maybe that's me exaggerating, but I couldn't help but feel it. You know? Now, you, know what, you know what's interesting though? You just touched on a really, a lot of hot topics that actually are things. So like, 
to backtrack a little bit, right? Like Carlos, I don't know how much you know about Long Beach, but if you grow up in Long Beach, man, you can't walk down the block without seeing like 10 different ethnicities. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just Long Beach is like, it's just, it's, I don't know what it is about the <laughs> DNA of that all, fucking huh? city, but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And, um, so I grew up in that environment, bro. And like, I grew up around like my mom and my dad got divorced when I was three months old and whatever, whatever. My mom ended up getting with a Mexican dude and having my two little brothers when I was like eight. And so I grew up and I've never left you guys until I came up here, but I grew up, you know, always around Mexicans, man, always around, you know, people with brown skin, just loving on me, bro, just loving on me. And like, to this day, I, I would say that, you know, some of my most outside of my immediate nuclear family, my most significant relationships and mentors and, you know, people I love are people with brown skin, right? And that's really, that's really important. That's not a cliche thing. That's really important to distinguish because that, that, that has provided, that's done a lot for me. And I hope that I've done a lot on the flip side, like just, just molding, like just having that love for each other. But back, back to Santiago's point. So when I got to the cohort, right there, I think there was three white people in there. I was one and two of them, God bless them, whatever, but they were like white, white. And I, and I'm not saying I'm not white, I'm white, I'm white, but I grew up the way that I grew up where I like, I'm around different types of people. And I have like that, that influence on me. And so I'm, I walk in and I'm comfortable. Like it's almost like they anticipated me to be like, to feel outnumbered or like to, and and like, dude, if I had a nickel for every time I was the only white guy in a room, man, my student loans would be gone. (laughs) So I walked in there like, I'm good. And the next thing I knew, man, it's almost like I felt that like, it was almost like they transferred a lot of that pent up aggression, like pent up, um, not aggression, but mistrust. Aggression is the wrong word, mistrust. And they kind of put it on me. And then it affected the way that I interacted and I felt all timid and things like that. But that's not their fault. And we worked through it and God bless them. And we all love each other. Now we worked through that shit. I was not going to give up. They were not going to give up. We all worked through it. It was a beautiful fucking thing. But here's the interesting part. When I moved up to Washington, um, I learned a lot about things that I conceptually knew, but couldn't feel. And when I moved up to Washington, keep in mind, I'm white, bro. I'm white. I moved up to Washington. I got freaked the fuck out. I was looking around. I'm like, where are all the brown people, dude? No one. God, like, where, where's Waldo? And it took me months to stop being so anxious because it was nothing but white people. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's, that's that feeling. And I'm white, right? They're different yeah. types of, and don't get me wrong. Like, the people I work with are fucking sweethearts, amazing, salt to the earth, phenomenal people. But I don't really have a social circle outside of work and like my AA thing up here. So like, I'm still not, I don't have any kind of relationship. So that was one. Another thing was, it's a completely different culture up here. It's a complete, it's almost like a different language and you have to like code switch, you have to adapt. And I also started thinking like, huh, is this how it feels when someone fucking immigrate like when my ex-girlfriend's mom immigrated here from el salvador first generation and she fucking didn't know the language didn't know the geographical layout of the land had no family had no social connections like didn't know what was going on and like here i am with a fuck a white dude with a master's degree who just got a job up here and i'm feeling elements of that 
And like, it started to hit me different, man. I started to have a brand new respect. And I started thinking about things like, you know, like, like I, one thing I hate is when like, you hear like, you know, people be like, why, why are they, you know, why are people of color? Like, why don't they feel safe? Why don't they, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, so you expect them to feel completely comfortable when they come to a predominantly white area, but you go to the fucking, you know, you go to their side. Yeah. You got, you know, I didn't want to say that, but you know what I mean? You go to their <laughs> side and next thing you know, you're like, we got to get out of here. This is, you know oh what I mean? God. Like, yeah. you know, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like really think about what's going on and like connect these bridges in your head. And then that's where we start to make these connections. You feel me? They got to yeah. go to Stubbies. They got to go to Stubbies. They'll, they got to go to Stubbies. <laughs> hey. They'll find the Mecca there. Fuck no, you know Stubbies. what? And that's, that's a great point because I, that to me, dude, that's, I think that's the most important part. If we all want to make progress, if we all want to grow, it's understanding the context of things, right? Because going back to the whole statistics and everything else, like I could even look, let's stop talking about politics for a second. Let's start talking yeah. about mental health. Like, yeah. you know, so if, like, it's the same shit, dude. I could sit here and say like, Oh, you know, you're having issues with depression. It's just this, 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 and this Kurt. It's just this, 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 and this, like, it's very simple, but if we don't understand the context of things, if we don't humble ourselves out to see where they're coming from, it's not to say we crutch each other. Like, cause I do still believe like with what we're doing, like it gets corny, it gets cheesy. Like that's why the title is the way that it is because some of the shit to me, like it, it applies differently. You know, I, I, if it gets a little too soft for me, it's too cheesy. I can't do it, you know, but understanding the context of things and, different perspectives and realizing hey it's not very black and white where you say oh it's just depression it's just self-care all you got to do is take five minutes of push-ups and like you're going to sweat out your anxiety and and like pushing like i don't think now now with what i know with mental health like i would never push that onto someone you know like i would never try to push oh well if you just if you do the breathing exercises off your square you're going to be fine and regardless of what you're telling me, I'm not going to sit here and not listen to you and be like, breathing exercises, breathing exercises. And, and that's what I think a lot of the what politics has turned into, where it's very much like, I don't give a fuck about context. I don't give a fuck about perspective. I don't give a fuck about any of that. It's just, it's very simple. This is the answer. And if you don't agree, I'm going to step away from it. I'm going to get defensive. And it's, and it's dividing us. It's dividing us so much and we don't even realize it. Yeah. I, um, Bro, are you struggling with depression? No, man. I'm, I'm, I, you know, actually, you know what? I, sometimes I swear, I, I, I feel like, I think I'm good. I, I really do. I feel like, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm happy with my life, but I feel like I've got a lot of peace, dude. Yeah. Um, do I have moments where I'm low? Fuck yeah, I do. You know, I have moments where I hit lows and stuff like that. Um, but you know how it is too. Like you read into it and like, what are signs of it and certain things that I say where I'm like, I have moments where I do feel like a burden. I have moments where I do feel like I'd rather close myself out and not say anything. And then, you know, I'll read, I'll, I'll look into mental health articles that it relates it to suicide. And so I'm like, well, and I'm also a big overthinker. So, yeah. but, but to be completely honest with you, I genuinely, I, I wouldn't say I'm depressed. I think I'm going through my journey of having moments where I just slow down a little bit. And I need to kind of swim in it for a couple minutes, maybe even a day. Like I just had, don't have a good day. And then it's like, cool. I, I feel like I've learned instead of fighting it and dragging it out for a fucking week, I can now tell myself like, Carlos, you're having a fucking moment. Sit in yeah. your shit for a little bit. 
we'll bounce back. We're good. And that, that has really helped me out a lot. Yeah, I mean, you got to confront it, dude. You got to yeah. confront it voluntarily, voluntarily. You know what I mean? Like, the more, like, there's this saying, like, the things we need to look at the most are the places we least want to look. Right, right. You know what I mean? I, like, I get it. Like, I, bro, I've got, <sighs> life's crazy, dude. And, and that's why, like, whenever I'm talking to somebody younger than me or something like that, or even somebody, you know, our age or older or whatever, Life is crazy in the fact that if you just hang on long enough, you might be surprised how good it can get. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a struggle, but like, bro, 10 years ago, and Santiago knows this, like 10 years ago, I was living in a homeless shelter. I did not have a high school diploma. I dropped out in ninth grade. My mental health was shot. I mean, what? think I couldn't bro I was to the point where I was so debilitated with anxiety and panic attacks that I would I could not sleep until I physically passed out I I had all kinds of addictions I was a very bad I was not a good uh I'll just say I wasn't contributing to society in any <laughs> positive way right. you know what I mean I right, had no right. future I had no plans and and it's like 10 years later I could have never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would have a, an opportunity to, if I continue to grind, I consider myself 10 years behind because of all the lost time I had to make up because of all the trauma and shit I went through. But I never thought I would have at least the opportunity yeah, yeah. to grind for a better life. And now it's like, I see it with laser precision and it's so important. It's so valuable. And it's like, that's what you want to pass along to people who are struggling, but you have to do the deal. You got to sure. be rigorous, rigorously honest with yourself. And you have to, you have to put action behind things. It's not good to just spin in your head and in action and beat yourself up. Like you've got to do the deal. I know that's something Santiago struggles with too. We talk no, about it all the time. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you give yourself enough credit either. I mean, you, you got to look at it. You say 10 years behind from what, from what that's your <laughs> journey, homie. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, at, yeah. and at the, and at the same time, you say 10 years behind because of, because of, you know, what you feel was time wasted, which I can turn around and tell you, not that I'm glad that that happened to you, but one way or another, it's made you the dude that I'm meeting right now. And this, you sound like, you seem like a fucking solid dude. You know what I mean? So, so it definitely, it definitely, I think all that, all that plays into it. I do kind of want to ask, you know, if you feel comfortable. Yeah. So what, where did, uh, where did that turning point happen? Like, did you seek help? Was mental health something that you like, was that, did that exist in your world growing up? Or yeah. That? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable ask, answering that. So, you know, it just so happened that both my parents had happened to be the black sheep of the family. Both of them, you know, one was an alcoholic, scale one in 10, he's a 15. Um, one was a drug addict. Both had significant mental health issues. They got divorced when I was three. And uh, my saving grace was uh, my grandmother. Um, huh? I called her, she used to tell me to call her Gami. You know, because she it was like mommy, but with a G in front of it. So that's how she's affectionately known throughout the family is Gami. And she was talk about a matriarch. And this is where I identify a lot with Santiago and his respect for an influential woman in his life. Because this woman was literally, before I could conceptualize the idea of God, she was God in my life. Like she was the entire infrastructure of my life. And I always, 
I wrote a paper on it. I wrote a song on it before. Like she, like the best way I can describe it is me and my sister were two rocks on a glass floor. And she was that glass. She was that thin veil that kind of really buffered us and sowed season us that I'm still reaping to this day of wisdom. I mean, talk about like, so to make sense out of it, you know, I don't want to even give myself. So like I'm German, right? Heritage wise. And my grandma grew up in World War II era in the depression era. And she immediately, when I was young, started putting me and having taken me to synagogue and having me learn the Jewish culture because she's like, you need to understand this thing. You need, she, the young German kid, she had, you know, going and hanging out with, with, you know, people of Jewish heritage. Cause to her, that might not mean something right now to all of us, but to her who grew up in the forties, that was like very important to her. And, um, 12 years old, I remember it, man. I remember it like it was yesterday. And, and this is where my memories are shot. There's not like trauma that just eviscerate your memories and who you are and chunks of your life. But 12 years old, I, uh, my dad got me and he's like, I need to take you to lunch. I need to tell you something. And so we go to lunch and he's like, your grandma has, uh, she went to the doctor. She has a tumor in her brain. She's brain cancer. They, if she does chemo and surgery, she has three months to live. She wants to do it for the grandkids. She wants to do it for you. And I'm 12 years old, bro. And she's like, God. And I'm like, uh, okay. I didn't even understand what that meant. And within three months, man, I just started detaching and watching her rapidly deteriorate to the point where it was like, it was the most surreal twilight upside down world. Shout out to stranger things. I, uh, you couldn't even, you couldn't even pinpoint it, man. It was like, the day she died, the night she died, he came in and he grabbed me. I was playing video games. I was playing Super Nintendo WrestleMania. Hey, shout out Super Nintendo. And, and he's like, your grandma's gone. And so he grabbed me. I walked into the room. I saw her laying in bed, cold and lifeless, fucking scarred down the middle of her head from the, from the surgery. And I kissed her on the forehead. It was, it was not a good feeling. And then I turned around. I walked back to my room. And I started playing video games. And at that moment, it's taken a lot of time to figure it out, but what was so interesting about it and deadly was there was no fear. There was no pain because those couldn't conceptualize it. There was only void. There was only this deep God-sized void. And, and it was like, man, there, you couldn't even, there's no coming back from that, bro. And it, it was immediately like the entire veil was lifted and the shit show just was on full force. And, you know, family just went off the rails, addictions. You know, I went from being a straight A student to within a year. I mean, I was selling, doing anything you could think of, like running the muck. Next thing I know, I was homeless. Next thing I know, it was like, it was just insanity, bro. And it was like, I cannot I 